thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. So we've been looking at a series called Prioritise, which will continue but into a different book. And Haggai finishes this morning, chapter 2. We're just going to look at the last four verses of Haggai chapter 2. And it's only four verses, so I didn't get somebody to read this week because I thought it was, for the amount of time it spent them to get up here to read it and get down, I thought it probably wasn't worth it. So uh, if you're still interested in doing a reading, like we've had Faye and Francis, all the Fs so far, let's have a different letter of the alphabet, that would be good. Then please just email me or message me and say, I'd like to read, um, and we'll have you up here. Okay. We used to just use uh, cold, hard cash, Yeah. Okay, before that it was probably bartering sheep and iron rods and things, but we used to use cold, hard cash. And on that pound note or five pound note or ten pound note, didn't very often get much higher than that, um, there's a promise. There's a promise, there's a guarantee on that five pound note. It says, I promise to pay the bearer. So there's a guarantee, there's a promise. And actually, without that guarantee and the promise, it means nothing. And then, they introduced metal strips into the money. So they had metal strips in. Then they introduced a hologram into the money. And then they introduced a watermark and a little clear plastic window into the money. And without all of those things, the guarantee was null and void because it wasn't real. Somebody said, how do you spot a fake note? And actually you spend more time looking at the real one than at the fake one, okay? So that's really true. We've got to spend more time looking at the reality of Jesus than looking at the fakeness around us. But the money had a guarantee. And then from cash and notes, it went on to cards, didn't it? And checks. Who remembers checkbooks? You know? Yay. Prizes on blankety blank, checkbook and pen. Woo. I always wondered if you won that, what could you just write a check for anything and Terry Wogan would pay? I don't know. But blankety blank, checkbook and pen. If it didn't have a signature on it, it meant nothing. The signature was the guarantee. Then it went to chip and pin, yeah? We've all got a pin number. Some of you are now triggered because I've said pin number, yeah? Because it stands for personal identification number. So if I say pin number, I'm actually saying pin, pin, personal identification number, number, yeah? So you've got pin. Without the pin, your card is pointless, really. Although now, if somebody nicks your card, they can just go like that. So it's actually lost a little bit of its authority, hasn't it? But the signature, the pin, the, the, the strip, the watermark, the hologram, that was your guarantee that it was worth something. That was your guarantee that it was valuable. Would you agree? Yeah, brilliant. So, today we finish the short book of Haggai. And it feels like with our money, maybe the authority has disappeared a little bit. Even with your phone now, you can just tap your phone. And somebody said to Chloe, the balance, apparently, the, the, what is it, £5,000... Well, if someone nicks my car, nicks my phone, good luck, is all I can say. <laughs> Apparently, the amount you can use your phone for is £5,000. And actually, mine seems, to, mine seems to work without the fingerprints. That worries me a little bit. Where's my phone? Okay. <laughs> there, yeah. Bobby. 
stay away. Let's read those verses. Haggai chapter 2, verses 20 to 23 says this. The word of the Lord came to Haggai a second time on the 24th day of the month. That's the same day as last week's vision. Okay, that's important. It's the same day. The 24th day of the month. Tell Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, that I am going to shake the heavens and the earth. I will overturn royal thrones and shatter the power of the foreign kingdoms. I will overthrow chariots and their drivers. Horses and their riders will fall, each by the sword of his brother. On that day, declares the Lord Almighty, I will take you, my servant Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel. Let's just call him Zeb and she. Um, declares the Lord and I will make you like my signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord Almighty. Four verses. First verse tells us when it was done. It was the same day as last, last week's vision. So you got two visions for the people on the same day. That's because it links... Last week was all about dealing with the spiritual problem. If you remember, we showed the picture of the pears. Doing something good doesn't necessarily make up for something bad. You know, we talked about pouring good milk into old milk. doesn't make it better. You just need to get rid of the old sometimes. And actually, that was a spiritual problem. It was taken to the priests. Haggai had this vision, and it was a spiritual problem of the nation. Do we have spiritual problems in our nation? Yes, we do. Listen to last week's podcast. That deals with a particular spiritual problem. This week, he's speaking to the governor. He's speaking to the governor. Sounds like him. What's his name? Who's uh, on EastEnders? I don't, I don't watch EastEnders, but I know there's a bloke on there who's like, oh, I can't do my... Whatever. Anyway. They're all like that, aren't they? Let's be fair. Okay. He's speaking to the governor, the one who's in charge of Judah. He's not the king. He's the governor. He's in charge and this time, it's God's promise to deal with the physical kingdom and the political landscape. Isn't that interesting on today of all days? That we're looking at a fact that God not only deals with the spiritual problems, he deals with the physical and the political problems that we have. Even if we can't see it, he's working. Yeah? He deals with those things. In a week where we've seen the beginnings of war and invasion, the one thing this passage can help us to remember is that God is sovereign. God is in control. God has got it covered. And ultimately, the Bible tells us every knee will bow before God. It doesn't matter what the earthly rulers do. Every knee will bow before him one day. We're reminded of the fact in these verses that he will shake the heavens. It said that two weeks ago. I'm good at remembering, aren't I? Two weeks ago, it said he will shake the heavens. And the purpose of that shaking was that the temple would have provision so that God's people would be provided for. Here, he says, I'll shake the heavens, but this time it's to, to shatter the power of the foreign kingdoms, to overturn royal thrones. So earlier, it was that the temple would be filled with provision. This is to say, the enemies are going to fall. Those that stand against me will fall. They will fail. They will not stand. Memory's a great thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Those who've lost theirs, you're obviously not sure. But memory is a great, great thing, you know? Um, it's not what it used to be. I forget simple things. Ros last night walked into the room and went, oh, what have I just said? I said, go back to where you said it, and you remember. She walked out, oh, yes. Because we pick things up as when we go these places. I forget simple things. This week, I even prayed for somebody and prayed for them by their brother's name. 
And I'd been talking to him all night, and I prayed for him using his brother's name, and I just thought, oh, no. And even when I corrected myself, I then thought, Am I, have I got the right one? I'm not sure. I prayed. My memory isn't quite what it was. But there's a thing called a, a mnemonic, n- mnemonic, Francis, isn't it? Mnemonic. That's right. Who knows what a mnemonic is? Yeah? It's not, a, it's not something the dentist uses or anything like that. A mnemonic is a simple way of remembering something. So I'll give you an example. Never eat shredded wheat. What's that all about? North, east, south, west. Or it could just be a fact. Never eat shredded wheat. It's minging. Okay? It's, it's horrible. It's like eating barbed wire. What about this one? Richard of York gave battle in vain. The rainbow. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. That's for you young people. That was a program. It's the only impression I can do, and nobody really gets it anymore. So I'm looking at you as a young person. Yeah. You're younger than him. Three days. Richard, if you want to go battle in vain, is Roy Gibiv, which is red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. Colours of the rainbow, okay? Or the spectrum, or litmus paper if you are um, a chemist. Like, I've got a chemist. Anyway, no. <laughs> what about this one? There's two versions of this one. I'll do the first one first, so the nitpickers can go, okay? My very excited mother just served us nine pizzas. Hey, nitpicker on the front row. It's not got Pluto in it anymore, so you have to say, my very excited mother just served us nachos. There you go. Okay. That's for the planets, Lorraine. I can see Lorraine, you're shaking your head at all of these going, what is Johnny talking about this morning? Mercury, my, Venus, very, excited, Earth. Are you with me? You still, you know the planets, you know the solar system, you know, you know the solar system that we're in, Yeah. There's, there's these planets, there's not just us. Okay, there's Mars, you know, Mar- no, Mercury, sorry. Yeah, I was thinking of chocolate. Mercury, are you with me? Yeah, you with me now? You might just say, why not just remember the names of the planets? Well, that's too easy, isn't it? My very excitable mother just served us nachos. It's much easier. And last week, you may have noticed me and Ian turned to each other when Ross said how many tickets have been sold, and they said 72, and me and Ian went, ooh, 72, like this. That's because that number immediately reminds us of a guy called Ian who used to come to the old building and he would tell us his birthday and he would always go, oh, 72. If it was your birthday, he'd say happy birthday, but he'd say, oh, I'm 72 all year. And then he had to remember to change it to 73 when he became 73. But memories, those things trigger things. I've brought some grapes in this morning and whenever I eat grapes, I think of Stu Francis. There's another old person reference. Who knows Stu Francis? I don't mean Stuart Francis. Stu Francis is the one who, oh, I could crush a grape. I just think of stupid things because we remember them. But memories are helpful, aren't they? Yeah? So you'll not forget now, Lorraine, will you? My very excitable mother serves nachos, serves us nachos, get it right. <laughs> Sorry? Tissues? All right, okay. <laughs> We've moved on. We've moved on from that. Okay, memories are helpful. They give us security, don't they? They give us a security. They help us to remember things. They help us see how things could be again. When things are hard, it's really important to remember that God has overcome them in the past. That's the whole point of me talking about mnemonics. When things are difficult, we need to remember what God has already done in our lives, in our church, in our world. And Haggai chapter 2, at this end of this verse, Haggai, in his vision, reminds the people that God has overcome before. He's done it again, and he'll do it again. Yeah? He's done it before, and he'll do it again. He says, 
chariots will be overthrown. What does that instantly remind us of? Not a lot, but what would it remind God's people of? The Exodus. The Exodus. Well done. Those who've on this side, I heard Jeff Chad, who's been studying Old to New, so I'm glad he got that one. Far easier than some of his later ones. <laughs> but the chariots are overturned reminds them that they've escaped from oppression before. They've got out of trouble before. They've been given miraculously, miraculously, miraculously provided for in order to escape. God parted the seas for them. God overcame an army that was bigger than they could ever imagine. And God has done it before and he will do it again. That's what it's saying. And then it says... And brother will turn against brother, if you like, with the sword. That reminded them of Gideon. Gideon fought the Midianites, but he didn't really have to fight because in the confusion, they turned on each other. So Haggai, at the beginning of this little four verses, gives them a reminder of how he's won in the past. So whenever we're faced with difficulty, when we're faced with problems, we need to remember that he's done it before. And actually, we need to look back at the cross and say he's dealt with our sin once for all. We don't need to say the, a prayer every day to say, Jesus, I'm not worthy, because you're a son or a daughter. Once you've come to him, he sees you as a son or a daughter. He sees you as precious. And we need to remember that. We need to remember that. It's not by might and not by power, but by his spirit, says the Lord. Not by might, it's not by power. We've seen a lot of people flexing their muscles maybe this week, politically or physically. But God says it's not by might, it's by my power. It's by the spirit power, says the Lord. He's done it before and he'll do it again. The world war, you know, you know the miracle of, of um, Dunkirk came about after national days of prayer. People humbling themselves. And seeing incredible changes in the weather, the situation, the circumstances, so that people would be saved. As we look at the very last verse of this chapter, we can remind ourselves of three things. So the first bit is really reminding them, I've done it before. We've started rebuilding this temple. Remember, Haggai is talking about the physical rebuilding of a temple, a place where God's presence was. The New Testament says, you're God's temple. His spirit lives in you. He dwells in you. So he wants you to rebuild that presence in your life, to put him back at the center, to put him back at the heart of things. So it's visible. But the last three verses can really speak to us and reminds us of three things. It says this. First of all, it says, he calls Haggai, or sorry, he calls Zerubbabel, my servant. He says, you're my servant. Now you might think, what? Well, that's, that's nothing. My servant was the title given to prophets. It was the title given to kings that were chosen. It was the title given to disciples. And more importantly, it was the title given to Jesus, the servant king. My servant, Zerubbabel. Haggai saying to him, don't you forget it. Don't you forget you're my servant. Don't you forget you're precious, you're special, you're important. You're not a nobody. Just because you're not the king and you're just the governor, you're not a nobody. You're my person in that place. You're chosen, you're precious. Matthew chapter 1 verse 13 
is quite exciting. I know Faye, Faye is doing a, a lot of Bible things at the minute. She's doing the Bible in one year. And she was so excited reading Haggai alongside Jeff's Old to New, alongside the Bible in one year, when she realized that at the beginning of Matthew, Matthew chapter 1, verse 13, you have a list of Jesus's relations, the genealogy, where he came from. And Zerubbabel is right in there. Matthew chapter 1, verse 13. Zerubbabel, the father of Abihud. There he is. He's part of Jesus' family. He's the great, 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 whatever, granddad. At 18, you've worked it out. That's really sad. But anyway, <laughs> it's not really sad. It's really good. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. You're my friend, so I can, I can do that, can I? Yeah. Got great, 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 18 greats. Great, 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 granddad. Okay, there you go. That's Zerubbabel. This is who we're talking about in Haggai. He is from, Jesus came from his line. Yeah? That's precious, isn't it? That's precious. God wasn't only about restoring a building, but he was about keeping his promises to Abraham. Yeah, that Abraham will be the father of many nations. That Abraham, it will lead to somebody who will be king. That's Jesus. And it comes. So Zerubbabel is reminded of his promise, my servant. The title for the prophet, the king, the Messiah, my servant. God will work his purposes out. That's what this tells me. Despite rulers, despite circumstances, despite what we as people and humans choose to do, believe, follow, whatever, God will work his purposes out. And that's exciting because God is good. God is good. Then he goes on to say this, I will make you like my signet ring. Now, if, if we, we haven't got a clue about this stuff, then we'd skip over that and go, well, that's nice. Nice bit of jewellery, you know. I will make you like my signet ring. Well, what does that mean? Well, this is the signature on the check. This is the signature on the check. This is the pin number on the card. This is the writing on the note that guarantees value. The signet ring was the authority. It was symbolic of authority and rule. Yeah? Just so that you understand a little bit of context, the first time a signet ring is mentioned is in Genesis chapter 41. Genesis chapter 41, verses 41 to 44 says this. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as his second in command and people shouted before him, make way. Oh, does that remind us of something as well? Make way. Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, but without your word, no one will lift a hand or foot in all of Egypt. That's authority, isn't it? Pharaoh says, you're basically like me. You're basically like me. I've given you my signet ring. That's a guarantee. Everybody who wears that ring, or when everyone sees you and they see that ring, they'll say, you're guaranteed. You're almost like Pharaoh. What you say goes. 
You have the authority. You have the authority. We've sung it this morning. You have the authority Jesus has given me. If we've accepted it, we have his authority. Joseph wasn't the ruler, was he? Joseph had been languishing in prison. Joseph's life was pretty grim. In fact, there's not an awful lot of mention of God in Joseph's story. And Joseph wouldn't have known in hindsight what would have happened. But he was accused of all sorts of false things. He was thrown in prison several times. He was beaten up by his family. He was left for dead. But yet, he was given the authority of the greatest person on earth. Do you know, we've given the authority of the greatest person in all of the universe. <laughs> that is God. The authority of the maker of heaven and earth. The signet ring was really important. Joseph wasn't the ruler, but he carried the authority of the king. He wasn't the ruler, but he was the signature on the check. He wasn't the ruler, but he was the pin that opened the bank account. He had the authority. You know, Zerubbabel, in this book, wasn't the king, and he never became the king, but he carried God's authority. Today, the Bible tells me that through Jesus, we carry his authority, that we can have our past wiped away, that we can have all the stuff that's gone dealt with, we can be forgiven, and that we can have the authority of Jesus. What did Jesus have the authority to do? He had the authority to cast out demons. He had the authority to tell the waves to be still. He had the authority to see miraculous healings. We have the authority. The problem is so often we don't claim it. And so often we let other stuff get in the way of carrying that authority. We perhaps put other jewelry on instead of the signet ring. Instead of saying, yeah, I'm God's chosen one, we, we hide it with other stuff. We perhaps put gloves over it. Maybe we, we put other trinkets on that distract. Jesus says, put my signet ring on. Tells the story of the prodigal son, doesn't he? What does the prodigal son do who went away and came back? He's given a robe, but he's given a signet ring. The authority of the father to show that he's a son. Do you know this morning, if you accept it, you're a son or you're a daughter. Because that goes to the last thing in this passage the third thing is this. He says, I have chosen you. And he says it to you today. I have chosen you. The question is, have you chosen him? Because he's chosen you. He's chosen you. He said, Jesus has died for all of us. Will you choose him? You know, Zerubbabel would have felt a little bit unimportant. He was just a governor of the province, of the people. But he was chosen. He was chosen by God. This morning, so are you. But do we distract with the other trinkets? You know, the word chosen is used 119 times in the Bible. It flows all the way through the story that God's people are chosen people. This morning, if you've said, yes, I want a journey with Jesus, you're God's chosen people. You're part of that chosen people. Colossians chapter 3 verse 12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. That's what God's chosen people do. They are compassionate. They are kind. They are humble. They are gentle. And they are patient. You are chosen for good works, it says in the New Testament. You are chosen to belong. As we finish this book around rebuilding the place of God, 
know this morning that you are chosen and you can be free. I don't know what you're trapped by. God's people were trapped by the Egyptians. He freed them. God's people were trapped between armies at times. He freed them. Here, God's people had got stuck in not doing the right thing. They'd got stuck in stopping the rebuilding, but he set them free and got them on the way, and he chose them. What are you stuck in this morning? Joseph is described as appearing like Pharaoh. This morning, we can be more like Jesus. Compassionate, kind, humble, gentle, good. Not by might, but by the power of his name, by the power of his spirit, because of the blood that was shed by Jesus, the sacrifice that was made, we can be free. Are you going to walk out of here this morning knowing that and choosing to go, I'm not really that interested, I've just been dragged along? Or are you going to say, actually, there's something in this, I want to choose back. We often offer, um, I think I've got some over here, maybe not. We often offer a little card that sort of says what it's all about. Thanks, Jeff. They're usually on that table. And I say it every week. But if you, want, if you don't know what it means to be chosen, to be set free, to know your forgiveness of Jesus, then this says it all. It tells you that God loves you, that you're chosen. It tells you, that we've made mistakes. We've got it wrong. Do you know, if I said to you, who's never got it wrong in this room, put your hand up. Joel, that's not true. <laughs> He's just told a lie. So it's all right. This is just like the old days when you used to say it was your birthday every week. <laughs> anyway, we get it wrong. Jesus died on a cross and he said, at his worst possible moment, his words were, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. His forgiveness, his compassion, his joy, his love for you is immense and unending. This morning, he died for you. You are chosen. And finally, there's a question mark because it says, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to choose him back? That's what the book of Haggai says in the end. It tells Zerubbabel, you are chosen, you have the authority. Remember what I've done before because I will do it again. In the midst of the world's situation, God is still sovereign. God is still good. As I say, Yulia's response to me this morning was, I am giving thanks. Her mum is in church this morning. Her brother is in a town where there is Russian control. But he works for a charity and he's safe, yeah? And she's giving thanks because she knows God is good. That's because she knows she's chosen. She knows that she's made mistakes and she knows that Jesus died for her. And she's chosen back. And she said, yes, I want to wear that signet ring. I want to wear that signet ring. This morning, I've said this morning lots of times, I'm very aware. But let's look at the uncertainty of our world. You know there's a certainty that is Jesus. God is the same yesterday, today, forever. He is never unsure. His purposes will happen. And he wants you to be a part of it. If that's you this morning, as we sing the last couple of songs, 
want to invite you to, to go and take one of these and perhaps go to one of the prayer team and ask them to pray with you. If that's you, don't be scared. There are loads of people in this room who've done exactly the same thing before. And actually, there's no shame in it. You're part of family and we will be cheering you on. Maybe you're a Christian this morning. Maybe you've stopped drawing attention to the signet ring. Maybe you've put on lots of other glitzy jewels. Maybe you've put your gloves on to cover it up completely. This morning, God says, show your ring, show your signet ring, show it off. Show it that people can see that you have my authority, my love in your life. If you've stopped doing that, again, go to the prayer team and just say, pray, listen to Jesus for me. But this morning, don't just come and walk out because you'll miss out because he wants to meet with you here in this place. Let's pray. Father God, I pray this morning that all we have done in this place will have glorified your name. But Father, help us to know that we are chosen, that we are not left out, that we are not abandoned, that we have not been cast aside. Father, we have bad models of earthly dads and, and earthly parents sometimes, but God, you are a perfect father who wants what's best for us, who loves us without any condition, who loves us without end, and we have never done anything too bad that you don't say, come here and wrap your arms around us. So Father God, in this place this morning, we want to see salvation rise up. We want to see people who make a stand and say, yes, I am his, and he is mine by the power of his name, in the Lord Jesus, amen. So as we worship, don't think what somebody else is going to think. If you've come with a friend, ask them to go with you. You don't have to go on your own. But if those that are praying can go to the back now so that they're ready and people know who they are, that would be great. If you need one of these and just want to read it, come and get it. But let's finish this morning by lifting his name and saying, God, Thank you for saving me.